action. Welcome to Inside the Podcast. I am the voice, and I have with me here a special guest is CP Coach Paul, the assistant head coach here at JU Women's Lacrosse. And uh, CP, I just wanted to know what was uh, what was going on with you this past year. Well, it kind of like you have a surprise. But it's not the surprise like you really want to have. Uh, and uh, I had, you know, Mindy and I, you know, we're a married couple. We coach lacrosse together. We run camps together. We go to church together. We have a family. We are kind of like I need to find other hobbies because we're always <laughs> together. You know, so paddle boarding with you is great. Right. Um you know, walking with my friend Dave, like doing different things to get away from uh, my lacrosse life is important. But, you know, we, we have a son and he's going to be five this year. And um, he kind of inspired me to get my health checked because, you know, we had him at 43, which isn't a big deal nowadays. You know, people have kids in their 40s all the time. Now. Right. And uh, we really, really were trying to have uh, one more child. We have a daughter, uh, Taylor, uh, who's in her mid-20s now. He's doing great. But uh, we wanted to try again. And so LJ was born. And it kind of sparked a little bit of anxiety. Like, well, okay, so he's going to go to college when we're 60, 61, something like that. And in order for me to not be known as grandpa at my son's baseball games or whatever the heck he's doing, lacrosse, I don't know what he's going to do, mathlete competition. Uh, I wanted to be in good shape to handle whatever he's going to dish out right. and be a part of his life and not be grandpa. So um, started off with looking at my family history. And as a coach, you always kind of look around what your parents have, what your siblings have. And uh, I'm the baby of the family. So I have an older brother as uh, uh, a digestive disorder called ulcerative colitis. And I have a, an older sister who has a celiac disease, which is a genetic disease that they test for. And so I really wanted to start with my gut health and having two digestive issues in the family. And then my mother had an autoimmune disorder. So I wanted to get that internal stuff, you know, checked to see how I was doing, make sure I could be proactive. So instead of waiting until 50 for a colonoscopy, went in at 47, just turned 47 and had that. That was a treat, uh, the colonoscopy itself. You know? Oh, I bet. Yeah. I can only imagine uh, how much the cameraman gets paid. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he had a different uh, idea when he got his photography degree. But, uh, or who cleans the camera. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, listen to Jim Gaffigan for better colonoscopy jokes than those. Uh, so we went to get that done and everything was fine. Clean colonoscopy. Go figure. And... Uh, uh, but they couldn't see the small intestine, what they call the small bowel. They, it was a little blurry, and they wanted to get a better look at that. So they they asked for an MRI. So, you know, I got the MRI done. And I, based on the MRI, the, I'm sitting in the doctor's office, you know, waiting for him to tell me about ulcerative colitis, perhaps. Or, you know, there's something going on with my gut health. And he comes in, and he kind of has this look on his face. It's kind of like a half smile. Um, and he says... Well, I got some good news and bad news. I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, well, 
uh, I guess I'll take the good news first. And he said, we found it. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll take the bad news. He said, I, you probably have kidney cancer. Wow. And I'm like sitting there like, what? You know, I'm here for my ulcerative colitis stuff to see if I have that maybe, you know, why I have heartburn, which it turned out to be because I ate like crap. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he says, yeah. He says, we found a quarter-sized tumor sitting on top of your kidney. And most of the time, when we find something like that, it's, it's cancer. Now, there's a chance that it couldn't be. And I said, should I be concerned? And he looks at me and he says, not yet. Let's do a CT scan and we'll look again. So... A week later, I'm in getting a CT scan. And for that whole week, I, I was holding it together pretty well. But that's a week of uncertainty. I go, what was the know, first thing that went through your mind when you got that news? How in the hell could I have cancer? Hmm. Yeah, you're a professional athlete. Yeah, and my mom didn't have cancer. My dad didn't have cancer. My grandparents didn't have cancer. None of my siblings have cancer, any kind. And I'm like, oh, no way. Like, how would I have it? And uh, and then, you know, after that wears off and you're like, okay, they found something. You know, I had been working out since January on, on the, again, the health kit, right? So I had lost a bunch of weight. And I'm probably down like 45 pounds this year, but I'm, I'm walking a lot. And, you know, we're in a new house, a nice neighborhood, lots of places to walk and paddleboard and stuff. So, you know, one day, the day before the CT scan, I'm walking and I had held it together really well, but then I just broke down and the uncertainty of, do you have cancer and what is it? And I have a pretty vibrant prayer life and I pray about it, but there, are, there's a time where you will feel the emotional side of what someone tells you about cancer and you no matter how much faith you have or belief or trust. And it just hit me and I just, you know, I stopped out on a point overlooking the intercoastal waterway and I just just prayed, begged, begged God to give me an opportunity to raise my son. And that was really hard to do. Uh, you know, I just, just thinking about, I want to live, you know, I want to live, I want to live a better life. I want to do more things. I want to serve more people. Uh, I want to stop. I don't really want to live for me as much as I want to live for my family and my team and the people I love and the people who love me. Right. And I had that little breakdown moment and then I strung it back together and kept my walk going, got back to the house and then I got my CT scan. So the next doctor appointment was kind of like, where are we with this? Okay. And so the next doctor appointment, I go in. The doctor says, you have a tumor on your kidney. It's confirmed. But the good news is it's pretty small. It's like a big marble. So we found it. You need to go see a urologist now because this is a, still an intestinal guy. You need to see a urologist. And... They'll be able to treat you from there, but he's like, he's like, give me a high five. We found this, and you would have never found this if we hadn't done an MRI. If we had just done a colonoscopy, 
and found everything we needed to find, we'd have just checked you out, that would be it. Your bowels are in good health, but we found this by accident. So he looked at me and he said, God's, God's looking out for you today. Praise God. And he gives me a high five. And I remember thinking, this is the most effed up cancer diagnosis ever. <laughs> where someone's giving you a high five and telling you God's looking out for you. But I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. It seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? I'm going to, but yeah, but yeah. I'm going to go with it. So, yeah. so I convinced myself that they found this thing and it's a good thing. And I'm going to get with the doctors locally and the best, the best hospital in town. In my opinion, there's a lot of good ones. There's MD Anderson Cancer Institute. Now Jacksonville is like a health club, health club, health, health service Mecca. There's like so many <laughs> different providers here. And Mayo Clinic is here. And they have very close connections to JU through the nursing program. Actually, we have six nurses at Mayo that played lacrosse for us. So it's like we're like a farm system. Not for pro lacrosse because there really isn't such a thing for women that gets paid. But the nurses get paid. Right. And they do very well. They're super professionals. And we seem to be the training academy for these nurses. That's great. Yeah. So, so I contact some trustees and friends of friends that are on the board at JU. Uh, the former CEO of local Mayo, who's now CEO of the entire system, called Mayo the next day and got me in with the head of urology. And as he turned it to me, he said in an email, this person's life is tumors on the kidney. Wow. This is his life. This is what he does. He's, this is his thing. So anyway, I, when I went to tell Mindy, who's lost many people in her family, Mindy has lost uh, her father mother, stepmother, all the different forms of cancer, grandfather to leukemia. Uh, my best friend, Mike, died of colon cancer at, at 39. And that was really not cool at all. And so we've had, we've shared too many cancer diagnoses. How do you think she felt when she got the, the news? She wasn't giving me a high five. Right. And... I could just see her kind of sink in her chair and and I said, look, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I, I'm not, nothing's going to happen here. Like, we're going to make this. We're going to see this through. You know, we're going to go to Mayo. We'll listen to what they have to say. And the meanwhile, this is March, right? We're in the middle of our season and we're getting ready to leave to go to Philly to play Temple and Howard. So the day before we got on that plane to go to Philly, that's when... You know, Mindy and I are talking about this diagnosis. Uh, and and I just, and I went and told the team that really the only people I told were my family and my team and, I never, and, and my pastors. I didn't really want anyone to know. Right. And I, I wanted to focus on fighting and not on telling everybody that, I, you know, this was going on. I didn't want anyone to know or have the inkling that I had cancer, quote unquote. I wanted the cancer out, you know? And so for me, psychologically, telling people that I had cancer was the wrong way to go. So uh, the way I explained it to the team was they found a tumor on my kidney. It's little. Uh, they'll take it out. We'll get it, get it looked at and we'll move on. But let's not go telling people that CP has cancer because that's not what it is. Let's just right. not... It's a tumor. They found it. It's early. They'll take care of it. 
you know, and, and what I really wanted our team to do is pray because the power of prayer and the power of prayer together uh, really is helpful. It's powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. And so I want a prayer from my team, my loved ones, my pastors. Uh, I want a teamwork. Right. And, and I wanted to go through God for the teamwork. So uh, the next Monday we were in the Mayo Clinic. Um, so we got in 1 a.m. on Sunday night from our trip to play Temple and Howard in the cold. It was awful weather. You know, typical Philly weather in March. You're like, who wants to play lacrosse in this? It's like, it was like hailing the day before. You know, like 38 degrees and hailing. It's like, this is miserable. 40-mile-an-hour winds going across the field, garbage bags blowing around central Philly. I'm like, okay, I moved from this for a reason. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this. so we come back on Monday. And that was good because for, during that trip, you're not really thinking about cancer. Right. You're just coaching the team. Now, my sister met us in Philly. We, we had dinner at a really great club. Uh, where John, actually, it was on the, the old property that John DuPont was from. Remember the, the crazy uh, <laughs> right. wrestling DuPont who uh, shot Dave Schultz? And so they redeveloped that area and made it a really beautiful like uh, fox carriage or something like that place. And So we had a great dinner there. The Benedict family hosted it. They're property owners there. And my sister met us up there. And you know how it affected my, my wife and my sister is way different than how it affected me. But uh, my sister, who had had friends with breast cancer and other types of cancer that are more aggressive than renal cancer, uh, she was like, look, this is the big C. This is really rough and this and that. I had to tell my sister, look, I'm not going to look at it this way. You know, it's not the big C. It's, it's something that I'm going to go through and that we'll, we'll get it taken care of. We'll find out what the Mayo Clinic has to say. But until that time, I'm not going to assume that it's something that is like what your friend's experience is. This is, we're going to go through it this way. And I said, and I said to Mindy and to my sister Karen, I said, I appreciate it if, if you would proceed as if it's already cured. Proceed as if it's done. Right. You know, let's not look into the awful potentialities. Because I'm not even going to look at a diagram of what renal cancer looks like. I don't want to look at any pictures of it. Nothing. I don't even want to know. I want it out. Yep. I'm not I'm not about looking at what it is, right? I, I want that thing gone. And we'll but we're going to move ahead th- as if proceed as if, right? I've always proceeded as if in my life, proceed as if you're going to win the game. Proceed as if you're going to make it to the NFL or you're right. going to win the super. Proceed as if, right? And let that let that lead you to your destination. And um so we got back on Monday, Mayo Clinic got all the scans, looked at it, came back and said, yeah, you know, you have this. And they gave me another good news, bad news. So like, well, the good news is it's not, it's not time is money cancer. It's not lung cancer. It's not breast cancer. It's a cancer that in five or six years could really cause you a ton of trouble and cause your kidney to be in bad shape. But it's not going to turn tomorrow into some crazy aggressive cancer. It's not going to spread. It's not stage three, stage four. It's pretty new and it's it's not small enough that we can treat it with freezing it's not big enough that we would remove your entire kidney we can do a partial what they call partial nephrectomy which is go in take the tumor out take a piece of your kidney out and sew it back up it's no picnic but it's not removing your entire kidney which at 47 if you get kidney disease in the other kidney then it's tough so they're like if we can keep your kidney keep your kidney 
But the good news was they said, we, we can take it out in a week or you can wait till after your season's over. The only thing is you'll have to be able to handle it mentally that you know you have this in you. Right. And some people can't. They just need it out. But if you get it taken out, your season's probably going to be over as a coach because you're you're not going to want to do much for a while. You don't want to sit on a couch and eat ice cream for a month. I didn't. I was like, oh, come on, whatever. I'm a tough guy. I'll get through it. Uh, so, so we were able to postpone it. And the week after the Michigan game, the week after the playoff game, uh, the second round, we... Uh, that Friday we got in, and that today is a six-week anniversary of that. So now it's all, no limitations, which is good. But uh, and they took it out. Turns out it's you know two point six centimeters stage one, which is just a formation stage. Thank God. And um, I order to keep about three quarters of my kidney. Um, no complications. No, no, no extra bleeding in the kidney. Um, the doctor then called me, and this was where I don't think I'd ever experienced joy like this. I'd experienced joy when my son was born. I experienced joy when we won the Super Bowl and when we won some championships and weddings, things like that. Experienced joy in my family. But not joy where you actually feel things being released out of this your body. But on that Tuesday after surgery, my doctor, Dr. Thiel from Mayo calls and he says, we got it out. We got it all out. You have negative margins. We sewed it up perfectly well. He's very, he's kind of like the confident coach who wins the championship every time. <laughs> we sewed it up perfectly well. Your surgery was, was perfect. It was model surgery. Everything was done exactly the way that we thought it would be done beforehand. And, um, and he says, as of today, you're officially cured. Wow. And I kind of, I said, can you say that again? <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, just, I didn't believe it. Yeah, you just got a new lease on life. I'm sitting in a chair that, like one of these mobility chairs, because I can't really move my core. And the mobility chair boosts you up. And I'm sitting in this chair, kind of half, half awake, half asleep. Still in this like weird la la land of absolute pain and you know whatever I was in post surgery, it was hard. But and he says again, he goes, yeah, he goes, we got it all, model surgery, model everything, mm. pathology reports back, everything's out, negative margins. Uh, you are cured of renal cancer, and you don't have it anywhere else. Praise God. And after I hung up the phone with him, I. Just you know, just swell up from from my gut all the way through my neck, coming out of my skull. This feeling of joy and tears rolled down my face, and I don't think I was crying or wailing. I don't know what you want to call it, but it was kind of like this uncontrollable gasping, which was really hard because. I had six puncture wounds in my abdomen <laughs> and I didn't want to laugh prior yeah. anything, you know, Not very comfortable. I got stitches all over the body. I got, and, and just absolute joy for about five or 10 minutes. And after a minute or two, I was able to call my wife, call Mindy, who was in another room. Cause I was really half asleep in the other, in my bedroom. 
And I called her in and brought her in and told her the news and she started to cry. You know, we'd have never known that this was inside of me if I hadn't been compelled to get my health checked because I want to be here for the long term. And as an athlete, I go, you go on cruise control, right? You're just living life. You're not, you're fine. Everything's good. Nothing's happening to you. Um, And I don't have a history. The history is not there in my family. So, so then, you know, for the last four weeks I was, I've been off the road recruiting. So you haven't seen the guy with the big hat at the recruiting fields because I'm not there. I'm just, you know, for, for a few weeks, you're not feeling, you know, it just like the doctor told me the surgery is going to kick your ass. He didn't say, but he said, ass. and I was like, yeah, sure. Well, whatever. He goes, no, seriously, you're going to be shot, stabbed. We have to move your entire large and small intestine tract out of the way to get to your kidney from the front using robotic arms. It's going to be like Mike Tyson beat the crap out of you and then kicked you when you were on the ground. Mm. And you're going to wake up from that. And uh, so, yeah, so that's been great. (laughs) (laughs) That's been a lot of fun. But, you know, you temper it with the fact that it's all part of this process, right? It's all part of this amazing health journey that happened. So what would you tell people about getting checked out? I, I think people wait too long uh, to get checked out. You know, the gui- guidelines, these guidelines are general guidelines, right? You know, but your health insurance should cover you to get a colonoscopy at 40. I know it does if you have a family history of it. But when I talk to my doctors at Mayo about renal cancer, I'm like, why did I get this? They're like, oh, we don't know. We don't know why anybody gets this. Oh, wow. I'm like, really? He's like, said, yeah. He said, now we, we keep all the data. We do studies on the data for who gets it and w- what type of person they are and all that. But we don't really know why or how or anything like that. It's just, it just happens. Hmm. And so don't go into thinking that you cause this yourself. We don't really know exactly what causes it. We just know that there are statistics of people who get it. Um, like he had written a paper. I did all the research on my doctor to find out who he was. He did a paper on uh, increased risk of cancer among people who drink decaf coffee. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I did that paper because one of our researchers drinks caffeinated coffee like three cups a day. And I drink decaf. My surgeon, he drinks decaf. He's a urologist. And he's like, so when they came come out, well, apparently the, the researcher told me that uh, – they, they chemically decaffeinate beans. And the chemicals that take the decaf out alter the bean, mm. which then alters your body. So when they talk about like eating non-GMO stuff, there's a lot of validity to that because you eat GMO stuff, it's going to modify you. You know, chemical alterations, not just genetically, but chemically alterated items modify you in addition to the product they're modifying. So how do we get cancer? Why is cancer the scourge of the 21st century? Why are they building all these cancer wings? Because we're introducing lots of toxins and things to our bodies. That, you know, so you better get checked early. And you know, here in Florida, you know, I get checked for skin cancer. I'm sure you do too. Yes. You know, and you get stuff taken off that might mm-hmm. be questionable. And 
you know, sometimes it is some type of cancer or some type of thing. So young people wear your uh, sunscreen. You better. When you're at the beach or yeah. outside in general. I wore my sunscreen as much as I can remember, but I'm sure there were times I didn't. And it's got to be almost like an obsession. You know, wear the right sun protection um, because that's that stuff can be brutal. Uh, so, yeah. So get checked. Take care of yourself. Um, stay fit. Stay healthy. Don't use your life as an excuse why you can't. Like I was using my life as an excuse. I'm coaching. I'm working for Legacy Global Sports. I'm raising a family. I'm doing this and now I'm too busy to stay healthy. <laughs> I see yeah. it all the time. Like yeah. All these people who used to be athletes, what happened to them? Right. They just stop. You know, once you're an athlete, if you stop, your body's going to be like, hey, what up? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's going to have its own problems. You got to stay healthy. You got to really work at it. And it's not easy because I, my whole life I've been burning calories and then my body stopped burning calories. I, I got burned out. Like I hated going to the weight room. I used to work out in the weight room like an animal and then I just burned myself out of that. Now I just go to the weight room like, okay, I'm just getting on the elliptical here and then do some machines. The struggle is real. I'm going to be here for an hour. I'm going to work hard, but I'm not going back to pro, pro athlete level. I'm not right. going crazy. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm plenty strong. Don't need to keep working on that. I'm going to work my muscles out, try to stay plenty healthy at this point in my life. So right. I, yeah, that's my message is stay healthy. Like, you know, limit your calories, eat eat a lot of green vegetables, make sure to wash them if they're not GMO, you better wash them. There's lots of pesticides on stuff in the grocery store these days. Um, and just take good care of yourself health-wise. You know, you don't have to be a banshee anymore in the weight room or work out like you're still trying to play JU's run and gun system. But instead of run and gun, maybe you should walk and swim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a little pedal board in there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. Like, do, do do something. Get out. Right. Get moving. Get moving. Yeah. Well, Coach, we really appreciate you being with us today and sharing your struggle and your journey and uh, and giving praise to God for uh, his deliverance from this evil disease. And, and we thank the, the doctors and all those who who cared for you. And, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Yeah, it's good to be talked yeah. to. It's good to be talked to. You take nothing for granted. Right. Uh, and I certainly, you know, it's, it's, it's live time. You know, we got to live. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for, to be, to be free and to have another, another go around at it. Amen. Amen. For Inside the Podcast, this is The Voice. We'll see you next time.